everybody? What a powerful presence in this room. How many feel God in this room? He is here. Whether you feel him or not. I, I feel him and many feel God. But I want you to know that he is here. Because his word tells us where two or three are gathered. In his name. He promised he would be there. And he is here today. Reach out to him. He is reaching out to you. We come into this place so that we can experience God. And his presence could wash over us. Overtaking us. Overcoming us. And all of our struggles and all of our weaknesses. That's God's presence. That's God's spirit. Like a wave washing over us. He wants to wash over us everyone in this room today with his presence and with his power how many need power today to be all that God has called you to be and to say the things that God wants you to say well whether you respond or not I know that you do need power each of us today needs power I want you to open your Bible we're turning in our Bibles to Acts chapter 1 Elliot came and greeted all of our guests, my son, Elliot. Uh, we had him do this because today marks his first day as an intern here at La Palma Christian Center. We've had interns the last couple of summers and it has worked very, very well for us. And so I approached the board and asked if we could take the opportunity to shape and mold um, a young man that is eager to learn and feels called to be in full-time ministry. Elliot feels a call of God on his life. He wants to be a youth pastor, but ultimately he just wants to be whatever God wants him to be. And so um, he's going to intern for us. Immediately following that, Elliot's going to embark on a, a, a more intense leadership internship, uh, and he will be under the wing of one of the great, great youth pastors in our district. That'll come um, just on the heels of this internship. So uh, be in prayer for Elliot and, and God's future for him. Also, before we, before we dive into the word today, I, I want to take a moment just to give God thanks for all of our military. This is Memorial Day weekend, and so it would not be appropriate for us folks not to push pause on our lives and just to say thank you to God for all of those who have served for our freedom. Many have served and, give, and gave their lives, in fact. And we remember, that's memorializing. We take the time to remember those who have served our country, given their lives, or perhaps given limbs or parts of their body so that we can be free. I think it's also appropriate to thank God today for those who are currently serving, and they're not even with us because they're serving. So, um, Jerry, would you come? I want you to offer a prayer of thanks for our military, and I just want you to ask God's blessing on our service folks, please. Father, we so thank you for every man and every woman who has given other lives for the sake of this country. And sometimes, over and over again, they have gone to battle, they've gone to war, and their families have sacrificed for us. We thank you even for their, their wives and their parents and their kids who did without them. And God, we thank you for those who are serving now. God, that you would be with them and guide them and provide to them and their families that are sacrificing, even as their husbands and wives are sacrificing. And then, God, we thank you so much for those who have laid down their lives for this great country, Lord that we might be here and be Thank part you, of this country still. Thank you. And so we praise you for every one of them, and we ask you to bless them all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Acts 1, chapter 1, starting with verse number 8. Jesus said, But you shall receive power. Somebody say power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place. We thank you that as you have come into this room by your spirit, the atmosphere has changed. And all that we lack, all that we need, we find it in your presence. So I pray today for that presence to overwhelm us, overcome us, and wash over us. I pray that today, God, you might give the power that we need to be what you've called us to be and say the things that you've called us to say. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you listen closely today, you're going to hear something. You're going to hear Jesus speak. I believe that Jesus has something to say to us today. And whatever Jesus says is worth listening to. We took the time walking our way up to the tomb, walking our way up to the cross. We listened carefully to what Jesus had to say just before he died. There were seven words that Jesus spoke as he hung on the cross. We took seven weeks to study each one of those words. But he got up. Somebody say, he got up. Yeah. Hey, he got up. The grave couldn't hold him. The stone was rolled away, and he rose triumphant. He rose victorious, and he lives today. But I began to think, what did Jesus say after the resurrection? And so we have been studying for the last three, four weeks his first words. He spoke of a peace. And I don't know about you, but I need the peace of God every day of my life. He still speaks peace to the storms in our life. Aren't you glad about that? He spoke of a proclamation. We look carefully at the Great Commission as Jesus told the disciples, go. Go into all the world. They were commissioned to give a proclamation. Today, Jesus speaks of a power, a power that is necessary in order to successfully fulfill the proclamation. If you want to be effective in evangelism, if you want to be an effective witness, you need power. Look around the room just for a moment. I want you to look at the different uh, ethnicities. I want you to see that there are men here today. There are women here today. There are a variety of ages here today. And many, many nations are represented in this room. We are a wonderful tapestry here at La Palma Christian Center. I like that. I think this is what heaven is going to be like. And so if you're planning on going to heaven, you better get used to some people that aren't like you being around you. I had you look around because each person that you, that you gazed upon, each person that you glanced at, they were specifically and, and handcrafted by God. Now look at your neighbor again. Tell him God did a really good job. Keegan, you're supposed to look the other way and you tell Daisy that. Come on, tell your other neighbor. Look behind you and tell somebody. Say, God did a really good job. Come on, encourage somebody today. God did a good job in 
fashioning you, in forming you, in shaping you, in making you, each person. And as he did, he gave you everything that you need to be what he wants you to be. He's given you everything you need to say what he wants you to say. All you need now is to plug into the power. <laughs> you need to plug into the power. I have on this table here today some power tools. I think this is a power tool. What is this? Robert, come here. Come here, Robert. You work in you work in construction every day. Get up here. Robert's a carpenter. He works in construction. He and the Cisneros. They're just some of the best people I've ever met. I really <laughs> love them so much. If we could see right here, you'd see a heart just so full of compassion and so full of love. I love you, Robert. Can you help me here? Sure. Um, this is a little bit out of my, my expertise. Okay. What do we have right here? That's a skill saw. A skill saw. Does it take skill to use it? Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have the skill, so I'm going to let you put on these goggles and... Just because I've got the gloves here, you might as well put on the gloves. And I want you to saw off this board for me, if you don't mind. Right. Just saw the end of this board off, please. <coughs> Skill saw. Oh, wait a minute. What are you doing? Got to plug it in. What? It takes a little skill. You have to plug it in? Yes. You can't just pull the trigger and... That's a cordless. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Hey, I'm used to holding a microphone. I'm not used to... Okay, then do your thing. All right. Can you, can you s cut off the end of that board for me? Or? Sure. All right, let's see. Did you notice what he did? Unplug that for me a second. <laughs> there's, a, there's a trigger right here. I don't know if you can see that or not, but there's a trigger right here. I'm, I'm pulling it. I'm pushing it. I'm pulling the trigger. Nothing's happening. This, it's, it's made. It's, man, it's heavy. It's heavy duty. It's, it's got the engine it needs. It's got everything it needs to cut a board. But yet, I'm pulling the trigger and... It, it, it will never cut this board. I wonder, could we just pull this back and try to cut it like that? Would that? No. That's not going to work, is it? No. That's what people try to do. They try to get the job done without plugging into the power. What else we got up here? We got an electric sander. Let's go here. That's a now drill. I think I know what this is. Now, that, that, that just looks like a drill. Yes. Okay, let's pull the trigger on the drill. Nothing happening. I'm still letting him do it. <laughs> let's, 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 let's bore a hole in that thing. Don't go through my table, please. Oh, no. oh yes. go there it is it did just what it was created to do let's patch in the other one now what else we got got a sander
Uh-oh, here we go. Nice. Get all those rough edges off. so smooth now. Thank you, Robert. Give it up for Robert. Each tool has a purpose created for a task, yet completely useless unless it taps into the power. That's us. We need the power in order to do what God has called us to do. And each is so unique. Each one in the room has ability that God has given. You just have to tap into the power. The power we need, where does it come from? Where does it come from? The power, we just read it in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the source of our power. The power tools were plugged into our electricity. This is their source. Our source is plugging into the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit's power enable us to do? Number one, yes, the Holy Spirit will give you the power that you need to witness. Power to witness. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. I thought of this whole process of being baptized with the Holy Spirit and receiving his power to help you to be a witness. My mind went to one person in particular, one person who was anti-Christ, one person who made it his job, in fact, to persecute those who followed Jesus. The person I'm speaking of, his name is Saul or at least it was before he encountered Jesus and before he received the power from the Holy Spirit. Saul, the one who persecuted the church. You find his conversion in Acts chapter 9, and perhaps this afternoon maybe you want to refresh this great, great story of the Apostle Paul, formerly Saul. He's going down the road to Damascus, and he has an encounter with Jesus. And after his encounter with Jesus, he finds himself unable to see. He's blinded. For three days, he's blind, and he, he's sent to a house. Ananias is there, and God has already prepared Ananias to speak to Saul. And in Acts chapter 9, we find Saul going where God sent him, and Ananias speaking to Saul and praying for Saul, laying his hands on Saul, and immediately Saul was transformed. He accepted Christ, and he was transformed. Saul's conversion was so radical that he even had a name changed. And he went from Saul, the persecutor, to Paul, the preacher. He accepted Christ, and as Ananias laid his hands on him, he was immediately healed. It says something like scales, the Bible tells us. Something like scales fell off of his eyes, and he was able to see again. But I'll bet his vision was never the same. I bet he never did see like he saw before. He saw everything different, didn't he? Because of the encounter that he had with Jesus. And it also says that not only was he healed... It says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit and immediately Saul, Paul, began to tell people about Jesus. 
uh, verse number 20 of Acts chapter 9, it says, Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. I saw something about Saul's conversion that I believe will help us. It was a pattern that I see in Paul's preaching. After he accepted Christ and subsequently was then baptized in the Holy Spirit and received power to witness, there was a pattern that Paul followed. Everywhere Paul would go, he told of Jesus. He just told people who Jesus was. It said in verse number 20 of chapter 9, immediately he began to preach the Christ. He's the Son of God. So he would just tell people about Jesus. You ever wonder about witnessing and, and how do we witness? Very simple. He told people about Jesus, how he was born of a virgin, how he was a, an amazing teacher, he lived a sinless life, how he would lay hands on people and heal them. He told his own story of being healed. His encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He told people about Jesus and he told people what Jesus did to him. Very simple. This is Paul's pattern. Telling people about Jesus, the Son of God, virgin born. He always emphasized the resurrection. Notice that. Because that's what sets us apart, folks. That's what sets Jesus apart. There's plenty of good men, good people, prophets, teachers that died, but they didn't get back up out of the grave. Jesus did. He told people of who Jesus was. He told of what Jesus had done. And I think this is a good pattern for us to follow. What do we do when, when witnessing? We tell others who Jesus is. How many think you could tell somebody who Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? You just have to tell about Jesus. You just talk about Jesus. It's, it's super simple. You tell people about Jesus. He's God's son. He's a healer. He was born of a virgin. He died for the sins of man. He rose from the dead. You tell others about Jesus. Then you tell others what Jesus has done for you. Jesus done anything for anybody in the room? Has he done anything for you? You know he has. He saved you. Come on. Anybody saved in the room? He's healed you. Anybody ever been healed by Jesus? Come on. Somebody needs healing right now. I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he's healed me, he can heal you. If he's healed that one next to you, he can heal you too. He's still a healer today. Tell people, I've told my testimony of God healing me, of Jesus healing me, of the power of the Holy Spirit to heal me. I've told it countless times, and I'm sorry, I'm going to keep on telling it. I'm going to keep on telling it. It is my story. You notice the Apostle Paul telling it again and again and again and again. He told of who Jesus was, and he told what Jesus had done for him. This is how we witness. It's really not as complicated as some people make it. But we must be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because then, as we tell people about Jesus, and tell people what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit has already prepared the people to hear it. Right? Because if you're not being led by the Spirit, if you're not being empowered by the Spirit, and you're just going in with a judgmental attitude and, 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 and trying, to, trying to accomplish something on your own, people aren't going to accept that. They're, they're going to run from that. We've got to go in and be salt, right? We're to be salt. People go, hmm, I don't know what that was, but I want a little bit more of that. Salt is, you know, people are thirsty. Makes people thirsty. I don't know what's on her, what's in her. I don't know what he's smoking or what he's taking. But I want some of that. Right? Power of the Holy Spirit. We tell others who Jesus is. We tell others what Jesus has done. He's forgiven me of all the mistakes that I've made. 
He's healed my body numerous times. He set me free from things that bound me. Tell of Jesus and what he's done. And let me say this. Witnessing starts in your world. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witness. Where does it start? It starts in, well, Jerusalem for them. That's where they lived. He just Basically, he was saying, just start where you are. Start in your world. Witness to those in your world. I ask you to pray for somebody for seven days. Put it on a mirror. Put it in a, on the fridge. Put it somewhere visible. Did anybody... Did you have any luck with that? Anybody have any success praying for somebody consistently over this week? Amen. Amen. Anybody see any results so far? That's okay. If you have, you did, Sue? Wow. Can you, can you tell it real quick? Here, Pastor Dave, I want to hear this. My niece adopted... Uh, a girl and her brother when they were five and seven years old. And the daughter is now 16. And she had such a horrible background. And recently she has been suicidal. And being very difficult to live with and to deal with. And my niece felt like she just hated her and her husband. And the Lord impressed on her to pray in her room. And that was confirmed by my, by my sister when she talked to her one day. And so she called her sister and me and her mom to come on Tuesday and pray hmm. over Adrian's room. And the next day, there was visible signs wow. of God working. Praise God. Thank God. Because it works, folks. It works. We just start with the people that are in our world. Those people that you come in contact with on a routine basis, every day, perhaps every week. Start there. It starts in your world, but it doesn't stay in your world. Oh, I like this. It spreads to the world. I mean, like a wildfire, this thing will spread. And who knows that one person that you've been praying for, ultimately, Yolanda, they come to the house of God, they give their hearts to the Lord. They go on to do something so incredible and change the world. You never know. I never know. But I know that it does spread. Let it start in your world. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness. What else does the empowerment from the Holy Spirit enable us to do? It helps us to witness. It helps us to walk. The Holy Spirit gives power to walk. This goes hand in hand with your witnessing, by the way. Your walk is a vital part of your witness. In fact, I believe our walk should reinforce our talk. You know, they say that words are cheap, don't they? Your actions speak louder than words. People are watching your walk. How are you walking? Are you walking according to what your desires are? Are you walking according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment from the Holy Spirit. There's plenty of so-called Christians out there. Come on, give me some air quotes, everybody. <clears throat> you do it like that or like that? or Everybody has a little different air quote. So-called Christians out there, right? They say with their mouth they're Christian, but their walk doesn't line up with their talk. The Holy Spirit is going to help your walk. He will empower your walk if you let him. God is looking for consistency in our walk. As believers, we should not 
be going everywhere. We should not be going just anywhere. I believe there are boundaries, folks. He said to come out from among the world and what? Be separate. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Too many, too many Christians today, there's the air quotes again, they say, well, it's the only way I can be effective. If I want to reach the, the people clubbing, I got to go clubbing. It's insanity, really. If I got to reach the prostitutes, then I got to be a John. It just it makes no sense, does it? If I want to reach those in the bar, I got to have me a drink with them. And on goes the insanity. I'm not kidding. I'm not even trying to be funny right now. It's, it's the reality of churches around the world. Churches definitely in the United States. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to empower our walk. Galatians chapter 5. Maybe you'll open your Bible for this one. Come on and go with me to Galatians chapter 5, everybody. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 16. It starts by saying, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, the, excuse me, for the flesh lust against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so you end up doing things that you wish you wouldn't have done. Can anybody relate so far? I'm going to read some more out of this, but can anybody relate so far? You end up, what, what ends up happening, Pete, is we end up giving in to the flesh. It's a powerful, powerful force. Don't minimize your flesh. And don't blame your flesh on the devil. The devil tempts us, but he has no uh, ability to make us do anything. We only sin because we give in to the lust of the flesh. But God said with every temptation, come on somebody, say every temptation. With every temptation, there will also be a way of escape. And God is faithful, let me just go on to say, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also provide a way of escape for you. Hallelujah. Most times we're blaming the devil on something that's just our own flesh giving in. And we're fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Let me read on. There's a war, see? The flesh and the spirit. The spirit wants to guide us. The spirit wants to lead us. Walk then, I say, in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if you, bring up 18 for me. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And he goes on to list the works of the flesh. They're obvious. They are adultery. Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and so on, and so on, and so on. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, come on somebody and get happy about the fruit of the Spirit today. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are under Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And here we go, verse number 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Are you ready to walk in the Spirit? Are you ready for the Holy Spirit to actually empower your walk? Guiding every step that you take. He, he is the guide, right? That's part of what the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father to do. He was sent 
as a guide. If you are led by the Spirit, I think verse 18 says, if you are led by the Spirit, if, that's not to say he is just automatically going to lead your steps. He wants to lead your steps. He wants to empower your decisions. That's part of what the Holy Spirit will give us the power to do, is to decide properly. And then we step properly after we've made up our mind. Let the Holy Spirit guide your steps to a place of healing. He will guide your steps to a place of healing. And don't we need healing? I'm talking physical healing, yes. I'm talking spiritual healing, financial healing, emotional healing. It all can be found as the Holy Spirit guides our steps. That's why I believe it's vitally important for you to get into the house of God, just as you've done today, and I commend you for it. Many of you are, are, are as faithful as the, the sun is to rise every day. You, you come to the house of God. You understand what it is to be faithful to God's house. The Holy Spirit actually has led your steps. Did you know that? I believe the Holy Spirit empowered your walk today to get you to a place of healing. And much healing has taken place in this room already today. We find healing in God's house. We find healing with God's people. I can't tell you how many times I've just come into contact with God's people as the Holy Spirit has guided me. And I found healing. I remember one time in particular. We were going to find out the birth date of our first baby. And we were so excited to go to the doctor's office that day. And our excitement and our joy quickly turned to disbelief and sorrow. And the doctor said, I, I don't sense a heartbeat. He said, but my machine isn't as up to date as the one across the street at the hospital, so I'm sending you across the street with just a little sliver of hope that maybe it was his machine, but yet we really knew it's not his machine. And we go to the hospital and we have another ultrasound and sure enough, it was confirmed that we had lost the baby and how tragic that was. And I just told Karen, I said, I, I, I've got to go get some air. And I walked outside of the hospital. And wouldn't you know that the Holy Spirit had guided my steps? And there was a lady from our church and our paths crossed. And she was so full of God's Spirit and the love of God and the joy of the Lord. And Rita was her name. She just began to pour into me, Rita Cooprider, and just encourage me that day that God was in control and God was going to help me. And she, she prayed with me. Rita was at the hospital because she had just had her, her treatment for chemotherapy. And she later died, not many days after she died. Holy Spirit wants to guide our steps to places of healing. It happens in God's house. It happens with God's people. I cannot encourage you enough to get involved in our life groups. There are people there that will bring healing to you. I'm, I promise you. We need healing, and the Holy Spirit wants to guide us to these places of healing. These pools of healing. Let him guide your steps to a place of healing. Then he will guide your steps to a place of helping. You see, I believe, Floyd, that I'm healed so other people can be healed. I believe I'm blessed so other people can be blessed. He wants to guide me to places of blessing so that I can take his blessing to other people. He wants to guide me to places of healing so I can take his healing to other people. How many can think of one person right now that needs help? They're, they're unsaved. They lost their job. They have a, a physical ailment. Somebody that needs help, it comes, they come to your mind immediately. How, 
not the Holy Spirit guiding your steps. Guiding your steps to others who need help. You don't have to think very, very long. You don't have to look very far to find somebody who needs what we have. We have hope, and there's somebody hopeless. We've been helped, and there's somebody that needs help. We've been supernaturally healed by God. Somebody needs his healing. What does the Holy Spirit empower us to do? He empowers us to witness. He gives power to walk. And finally, I believe the Holy Spirit will empower us to wait. <coughs> wait. I don't know many people who like to wait. We're pretty impatient people, let's just be honest today. That's why it's so necessary to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the power to wait. The Holy Spirit helps us in this regard. Let me go back to the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit, say it with me, is love, joy, peace. Let's just stop right there. Patience. In other words, the Holy Spirit is producing this in us. Patience. It's a fruit. It's a result of being filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> I pray every morning, Casey. Every morning I pray, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I try to empty all my baggage out first. God, let me empty myself today. That my flesh would die. And I would be filled with you. I would be filled with your spirit. And let there be proof. Let there be evidence. Let there be fruit. Impatience. Let him empower you to wait. What are you waiting on? When is this going to come in handy? Well, how about when you're waiting on his response? Anybody ever prayed to God and he didn't answer you that minute, that, that day, that week? There are some in this room, you've been waiting for an answer from God maybe for years. The Holy Spirit will give you the power that you need to wait. Waiting on his response. I love this scripture, Isaiah 40, verse 29 he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no strength, no might, he increases their strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. Young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, hallelujah, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you need strength right now, I want you to lift your hand. You need strength, supernatural strength right now. Come on and just lift your hand. He promised right here he would give us strength. I know you're waiting on a response from God. You're waiting for God to answer. You're waiting for God to move. You're waiting for God to give you guidance and direction. I thank you, Lord, that today you're renewing strength in this room. That someone's going to mount up with wings just like the eagle. They're going to get up above the situation. And they're going to soar. They're going to find their strength. You give strength to those who have no might. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The Holy Spirit will empower us to wait when we're waiting on his response. And this one more thing as I close. 
when you're waiting on his return. I want to take you back to our text as I close this out. He just said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witness. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, Jesus was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, <coughs> while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them <coughs> in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Give me my microphone again, please. Pray for me. I'm losing my voice just a little bit. But I'm almost done with this sermon today. Can you imagine? One of the last things Jesus said, we're talking about his last words, or excuse me, his first words after he rose. One of the first things that he said after the resurrection and just before he ascended, I'm giving you power. I'm giving you power. And then he says this, and immediately he's caught up in a cloud, and he rises, and he's gone. So here are the disciples with their mouths dropped open. What? Wow. Two angels appear. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up at, at, at the heavens? This same Jesus, whom you've seen rise, he's going to return in the same manner. So maybe they just kind of camped out there for the day. I think I would have. Okay, I'll wait. Night falls and they get tired. And finally they say, well, I'm going to go home. But I'm coming back in the morning. I'm speculating a little bit, yes. But I can't imagine them not coming back to that place and thinking, Jesus, the, the angel said he's coming back. It's in the same manner. And perhaps from time to time they would just go back and Imagine him rising from that place and imagine him coming back. Could it be today? Could it be tomorrow? Meanwhile, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to witness, to tell who Jesus was, to tell what Jesus had done. They were empowered in their daily walk, step by step by step by step. Empowered to live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. And yes, the Holy Spirit gave them power to wait. I want you to bow your heads today. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this room. Oh, you're welcome in this room. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. How we need you. We need your power today. We need your power. Empower us, Lord, in our witness. Empower our walk. Let us walk according to your spirit. Led by your spirit. Guided by your spirit. And help us, empower us as we wait. Waiting on your response. Waiting on your return. I want you to stand. In just a moment, the singers are going to start singing this song.
Holy Spirit, you're welcome. And as soon as they start, I want everybody here today to come to this front area. Let's move out the altars to the sides, please. Mike, if you would have one other gentleman help you over here. I want everybody to come, and you're going to be empowered today. I believe there's going to be an empowerment in your life to do all that God has called you to do. Go those places that God has called you to go and say the things that God wants you to say. Are you ready? Oh, some are already coming. Come on, let's, let's move now and receive the power. You're welcome here. function properly, never accomplish what they've been fashioned for unless they're plugged into the power source. Maybe that's you. If you're here today and you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you've never received that before, I want to see your hand you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, let me see your hand. In fact, just come to this front area right here. Sartorius, make some room for first-time baptism, if you don't mind. Is there anybody else? We believe that this is for us today. According to Scripture... They were in the upper room and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues. We know that the Apostle Paul was also baptized in the Holy Spirit and he spoke in other tongues. And there are multiple other instances of the baptism in the Holy Spirit with a subsequent speaking in unknown tongues. So if you would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to come and stand right here. I believe it's going to happen for you today. It's going to happen for you today. Heidi, I believe it's, it's going to happen for you today, sis. You've been seeking this for a number of years. Why not today? Give me a couple of ladies 
right here that are spirit-filled and would help me pray with these ladies for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody else, you're getting rebaptized. A new empowerment comes for you today. Come on and lift your hands all over this room. And if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to pray right now in your heavenly language. Come on, let the, let the Spirit wash over you today.
that we need to live for you. God, the power that we need to share you with other people. Lord God, as we go throughout this week, as we go into our own worlds, Lord, I pray that we would continually plug into you each and every day. God, that we would seek to be filled with your spirit every single day, Lord, so that we can carry out your will. Father God, I pray that your will would be done in our lives. Lord, that you would use us as we are meant to be used. Jesus, go with us. God, empower us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.